I'm not square dancing with you here, people. I'm Jackie. The music drove me nuts too, Lukey. I'm Justin. Why wouldn't muskies make one go mad? I'm Sam, and this is Bloodhook from 1986 or 87, depending on Stinker Madness. I like that it depends on Stinker Madness. That's how you phrase that. 86 or 87, depending, depending on Stinker Madness. on Stinker Madness. <laughs> People can't see commas, Sam, when it's a podcast. Well, yeah. Okay. It's depending on us. It's depending on us, and we are Stinker Madness. Uh, I am Jackie. With me are always Sam. And wait, I, I just said shit. This is. It's gonna be I'm one of those fucking days. Steve. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those days. I'm Justin. With me are always Sam and Jackie. Um, this week on the show, I want to be Cindy today. Cindy's fine. Cindy's. Cindy's. You should be name. Kirsten yeah, from the movie. Kirsten. She was annoying as fuck. I'm Kirsten. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I want to be Kirsten. Currently streaming on Amazon Prime, Blood Hook, a trauma, not production, but trauma release, um, with some interesting uh, coincidental crew notes to be made. Uh, let's just go. We got a lot of territory to go through today. I have, I believe it or not, this super B bad movie has. Filled up more pages than I have ever filled up in any movie, including like Dreamcatcher and uh, I don't know, Dreamcatcher. Uh, There's so much shit to write so down. Much I shit. don't take three pages of notes ever. I have three fucking pages yeah. of notes on this one. We've got a lot of territory to cover, so let's get right to it. I'll, I'll just I'll get us started, okay? okay. Uh, the most handsome man in this movie is an old man with a hearing aid. Yeah, probably. Uh, we, before we do get started, I do want to say uh, some Sticker Madness alumni uh, just passed away today. Both Piper Laurie and Suzanne Summers just died today. Wow! So that's, both of them. Both oh. of them. So that's a bummer. Let's take let's take the fun down a little bit, guys, before we get started by feeling some grief. <laughs> uh, Sam, Bloodhook. Bloodhook. It was made in 1986. I'll actually start from the beginning. I've got this, uh, the, this is sort of a yarn that I've woven it. I wrote a full page here. Jim Mallon, native of Minnesota, mm-hmm. Rochester, Minnesota, Ooh, Rochester, went to one University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is a fine place to learn film and television production. Did a bunch of good stuff there. He worked for CBS and PBS in Madison. Oh, those are good stations. Before getting his own new... UHF station oh. in Minnesota. Okay, all right. Which was sixty-seven KTMA. Okay. There we go. Yeah. KTMA in, Minis- in Minneapolis, mm. and that was in 1986, the same year that this movie was shot. Which will be play coincidentally on how this all works out later. He hires one Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy. That name sounds familiar. Sounds a little familiar. Yeah. They would, uh, the first thing that they did together after, like, starting this fledgling UHF station, I'm imagining this, like, UHF with your fucking weird owl, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's what I see. Also, KTMA, because of what would happen later, which we'll get to, still exists, and it's a CW affiliate. Okay. So it's still there. That's how good they did. It's probably a little sprinkling of a little uh, sprinkle of Wayne's World in here, too. Yeah. Um, 
they did like this New Year's melon drop thing that looks pretty silly. Uh, I kind of watched part of it. It was on you. You can actually see some of it on YouTube. It's interesting. Um, They would shoot this film in 35 days in Hayward, Wisconsin, for a production budget of $200,000 with 16 millimeter film. Okay. That's not very much money. No, it's, it's really not. And they, I think they got some use out of those dollars in this movie. I will later. I mean, I mean, one of my questions we'll ask at the end is: Is this the tightest two hundred thousand dollars ship you've ever seen? Pretty tight. It's a pretty tight ship for two hundred k. Um, Troma immediately wanted it. Okay. And they're ready to press it, but the MPAA in nineteen eighty six says, "Go ahead and release it. It's rated X." Oh wow. <laughs> And Troma's like, oh, there's a point where who are they actually fucking with right now? Like, Troma gets fucked with by the MPAA all the time. Sure. Just to dick him around. The MPAA isn't like, it's kind of corrupt. It's like so fucked up, it's not even corruptible. There's a whole documentary. It's just like, whose friend on the MPAA are you talking to that day? Who's working for the MPAA that day? It's a fucking mess. It's like how a film gets rated is just incredible. Yeah, it's, it's a pisser. Um, so, beyond having to truncate, edit it down, get some of the blood out, they they put some scissors, uh, Lloyd and uh, the trauma team put some scissors to this pretty good, got it down to an R, got it uh, to a more friendly 90-minute runtime, I believe, and it was released that way. Uh, video shelves everywhere. Worldwide release, actually. Mm-hmm. They also changed the name from Musky Madness to Bloodhook because they didn't think anybody would know what a musky was. Probably a good call. Probably a good call. So they're like, okay, I guess that happened. Let's go back to working at our TV station. So they did that. And then in 1988, they met Joel Hodgson. Hmm. That name sounds familiar. And immediately started making Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, that's where I know that name. At that TV station. And I think some people might not know that that wasn't, Comedy Central making that show. Yeah. It was they, these fucking guys in Minnesota and Comedy Central's like, can we air this, please? Three chimps on a Davenport. Yes. The rest is kind of history. You got um, the breakup, I believe, between Hodgson and Mellon was over the movie. Okay. Which was it turned out to be a flop. Yeah. And I'm assuming that everything kind of like the feathers got unruffled and it's all smoothed out because both factions sort of did fine for themselves. And it didn't seem like there was really any problem with Malon being like, oh, yeah, you can have the rights back, Joel, for the Netflix thing. And then he gets like a credit at the end, too, even though he's not really involved in it other than be like, yeah, go ahead, Joel. So all's well that ends well there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to this film. Okay. Troma would put it on its YouTube channel. And finally, in 2018, Vinegar Syndrome would decide, we need to revisit this. This got cut for X, so they got the old negatives and they remastered it. And that's what we watched today was the 111-minute untruncated version of the original film, which was remastered from its original 16 millimeter. One of the things that I'm noticing about this movie when I first start watching it is I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this looks pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this is about as good as 16 millimeter you can you can do yeah. with 16 millimeter. And then about three quarters of the way through the movie, I'm realizing how much of this they're shooting at night yeah, with 16 good. millimeter, which is really fucking hard. It is. That's I never I didn't even think about that. The, probably half of this movie is shot at night. 
Yeah, they shot this with a fucking CP. I, mean, I know they're using a CP-16 because that's what news channels used. Right. So that's what the, they just had a 16. Uh, it's, I, this is incredibly well made. Jackie, uh, or actually go with Sam. I'm not sure how, Sam knows quite a bit about cameras and films, obviously. Uh, but have we ever really talked about, like, isn't eight millimeter the cheapest, shittiest film that there is? Or is there one worse? I think there might have been worse, but there was nothing ever more budget yet reliable enough to work than eight millimeter. Right, right, right. But so 16 is one step above the worst film you can buy. No, 16 is actually the best you can do for the weight. Like there's the consideration of the CP 16. A lot of the CP-16 goes into, like, you can bring this to Vietnam and not weigh yourself down and run sure, from the bullets. Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, Dan Rather and his bud are using a CP-16 in, in Vietnam. So the weight is the main requirement. Like, in 16 millimeter, like, news, television sh- news looked good, especially if you go to, like, Chicago or Minneapolis, where, where they're using this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, these guys can fucking use a CP-16. And we had a CP-16 at Boise State. I shot with a C6, CP-16, like, I got the two two shots, I think, because the film was so fucking expensive. <laughs> it was like, oh, I can I can make two shots or I can shoot all day on video and these tapes caught nothing by comparison. Right. Um, that's where like $200,000, like I got to shoot two shots with that camera because it was too expensive to use. And they're like, this is about as cheap as we can do it. And I'm like, wow. Um. This, this it's a good camera for the weight. All of that sort of expedited process of news making is where you have the sixteen millimeter right. being the best union of quality and speed. But you wouldn't exactly call it uh, a Hollywood staple. No, and in fact, when we think about uh, Hollywood movies and thirty five millimeter standard. They shot a lot of the big ones on seventy-two millimeters because right. they want them to look better, right? Yeah. Jesus, this was not the podcast for me not to be drinking. <laughs> so, uh, how, what would you say the uh, cost uh, benefit equation would be for these different various? Uh, let's go all the way into into modern time, Sam, with digital and and get, let's get out some flow charts. And I've got I've got efficiency charts on this. Okay, got he's, he's got a PowerPoint, hands, Jackie. We're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I actually got a slideshow the- because I like film so much. I'm going to do it with slide. <laughs> really put you to sleep. <laughs> Color go. positive. Oh, thank God. I really hope that we're going to include that content on our website. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the only actor in this movie, really actor. I guess mm-hmm. there's two. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Jacobs, who plays Peter was in things before this. He's actually an actor, I guess. And then uh, Bill Lowry, the crazy uh, Evelyn or whatever. Oh, the son, uh, the conspiracy theorist son. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was in some stuff too, but not much after. Mm -hmm. They're the only people that are like really actors beyond this looking so good, knowing what I know about it. The thing that I find even more incredible that they shot this at night with 16 and it all looks this good is that these are just some girls from Minnesota and they're not like 
just usually when you watch these movies and it's like a local production and it's like, these are the two girls that would do it. And you're like, whoa, boy, like Lisa from uh, the room kind of thing. Or Um, the daughter from Troll 2. Yeah, this is uh, they're very attractive 80s women Mm -hmm. who with real no no acting like that. Other thing is, is that because these people aren't really actors, they're just doing um, they're just kind of doing what Jim's telling them. They're doing a great job. The two actual actors are trying to lay it on thick right. a couple of times. I'm like, man, you guys are stinking <laughs> yeah. right now. And you're the only ones that kind of know what you're doing. These sure. Midwest girls are great. <laughs> on a time machine, get married to one of them. Yeah. And our, our villain is not, I mean, he's hamming it up, but he's being told to ham it up. And uh, he's, a, he's incredible. Durst, he's never been in anything. Yeah. Durst is good. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, yeah, wow. Um, so the muskie that they had, this is the last fun thing. I guess in an interview, Kevin, Kevin Murphy was worked on this too. Like, what was, what like, was Kevin's job? Kevin was the, a key grip. Ah, key grip. Jackie, what's a key grip? Help, I know. It's a gopher. It's, no, the key grip is not the gopher. The grips are the gophers. The right, key right. grip is the head of labor. He's the head of gophers. He's the head of gophers. Right. He was probably doing some gaffing. Uh, They shot this in 35 days in Hayward, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. which is actually got that huge fish. Do you want to go there now? That's still there. So when I learned that that huge fish existed and uh, was still there, I really wish that we had seen this movie before our trip to Wisconsin because we just kind of threw a dart at the map of Wisconsin and said, let's go camp there. Uh, I totally would have been like, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. Yeah, um, as soon as they they get on that shot of that great big muskie, I was like, my that was my very first question to Justin. Do we know if that still exists? And he well, was you like, thought it, it you does. thought it was a set piece. You thought it wasn't real. Uh, oh, well, they wouldn't have two hundred thousand yeah, dollars. No. That thing cost more than two hundred thousand dollars to make. It's like that uh, weird, um, like the the peewee, the dinosaurs. It's like the weird desert yeah. art that exists on uh, what is Route it? Sixty six. It, it is sixty six. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's glorious. I love it. It, I, I'm, it's incredible. Everything I find out about Wisconsin makes me like it more and I've never been there. I'm jealous that you guys got to go. I'm actually worried that I would go to Wisconsin and then I'd be like, I can never leave here. Someone take me in. You probably would do well in Wisconsin, Sam. You would probably, that's exactly what would happen. Never gone. You can't understand a word half the people say, and that's something that checks a box on your list. Like, yeah, that guy's weird. I don't know what he's talking about, but I like him. Uh, And it's gorgeous. Like those, remember those farms, Jackie? Woo, red barns and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, it was, Wisconsin was really pretty. And everybody that we talked to um, was just so nice. Yeah, yeah, they're nice people. A little little kooky, little kooky for sure, but uh, nice people. Oh, and yeah. slow as fuck if you're trying to go through the Hardee's drive-thru to get a, a Coke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be there all day just for a Coke. <laughs> I was sitting yeah. there for like five minutes at the window like, okay, and nobody came to the window and it's nobody was working on the Cokes. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to drive away. They're they're all inside being like, so did you get to go to the game last night? Did you watch Did you watch the, the local football team play, whatever their name would yeah. be? I assume that they're the Cheesers or the Cheddars or the cheeseheads or the backers. 
Yeah. I also like that Jackie threw shade at me for talking nuts and bolts on film. And she's like, yeah, Cokes at Hardy's totally not boring. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. Hey, at least she set me up for a Wisconsin joke. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I guess the last guy I'd mention would be the Thomas A. Nounis, who did all the music. All the music is original, too. Like, <laughs> this is unpossibly well done. Yeah. Sure I mean, what's happening on screen is it's debatable how much you like it, how much you don't like it. Whether you think some of it could be cut, some of it doesn't, everything's purposeful. They do actually have a lot of deleted scenes that they didn't use in the original version of this. So, like, this is on purpose. And so when I'm looking, I'm like, this is $200,000 with a bunch of TV people from Minnesota Mm -hmm. and Wisconsin. Because that's what happens is he gets the talent, quote unquote, brings them from Minnesota. And then the crew is all his old PBS station from Madison, Wisconsin. Right. And that's how this all works. It's like, I got my new TV station. It's like a going away present from his old PBS station is this fucking movie. They fucking knock this shit out of the park when you take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it made a shit ton of money on tape. (coughs) Well, as far as they're concerned, they got X amount from trauma and then Lloyd got the rest of the cash. That's what I mean. I'm sure vinegar syndrome when they got the remaster, they probably they're renegotiating the deal with everybody involved at that point, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, Troma's probably exed out. No, they're not. They left Troma on the front end. We watched it. Yep, we saw the Troma still there. Yep. Lloyd is supposed to be super reasonable. Yeah, which is always why I'm like when the MPAA is giving him the business. I'm like, why are you giving this silly man who's completely reasonable the business? MPAA, you dicks. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't see how this movie could be. Anything in it could have been X. X. We watched a rated X movie today. Yeah, I don't. There's nothing there. I mean, the lady doesn't even get her cans out. Like she gets side boob out. Ah! Side boob. Oh, I should mention that that's uh, Lisa Ann Todd or Lisa Todd, whatever. She actually does movies after this, mm. and that's what a little side boob will get you. There you go. All Some right. lady from Minnesota got part of her boob out, and they're like, "I've seen her before. We need to get her in the movie." <laughs> I need to see her from the side, though, to make sure. All right. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. I want to say first <laughs> that uh, I've got a grief, even though I said we were going to, we got a lot of territory. I have to say this, though. Prime's search engine really sucks, and I'm tired of it. I am tired of how bad that search engine sucks on their freaking streaming service. Like, you have to type in the entire title of the movie and then go over to the right-hand side and click the option of the entire title of the movie before it shows you any results. I typed in Blood H, and it still didn't show me Blood Hook. There can't be another movie. Like, Blood Happy Times? Come on, show me Blood Hook. Um, You know whose fault that is? Bezos? No, Earth people. Earth people. The same, the same fault of all of the why everything works stupid, because everybody's fucking stupid. I'm going to guess, and I'm, I'm now I'm grieving Earth being a bunch of stupid faces. <laughs> um, I bet half to 75% of people that watch these streaming services just let the fucking thing drive them around. Yeah, just tell me. You know what I mean? I have no ability to think for myself. Independent thought. You shall rule my viewing ship overlords of algorithms. 
Yeah, and which is great, too, because if you're not doing your own searching and you're just letting it drive for you, mm-hmm. it's on its own algorithm. It's like, we're selling you this, yeah. and you're like, <laughs> oh, give me more. That's what give I like. Give me more. <laughs> Put the butter in the oatmeal and jam her down my throat. <laughs> is that some Wisconsin's talk? Is that a saying up no, there? No, that's just fat people that watch TV. <laughs> oatmeal butter. <laughs> Well, that's what it is. If you're letting the fucking ship do the driving, they're not going to show you anything good or qualitative. It's going to be whatever fucking jam-packed oatmeal fest they've got. Content. What kind of content? Mostly styrofoam. <laughs> you might get lucky with some oatmeal butter. All right, let's yeah. get let's get into this. Uh, you like the music, Sam? I do not. Uh, my first note is nice tubular bells knockoff. It's the it's the yeah. theme I- from fucking Exorcist. Again, I'm not saying I like things. I'm just saying when you put this on paper, you go impressive. The original music is sort of an icing on the cake. We are like, this is, and you did your own music. What the hell? Okay. Also, throughout the movie, they're talking about the tritone Mm. and they're hitting that tritone in this and it's supposed to be shit. Yeah. The brown note. You know who did good with the tritone? They actually turned Rush. it into a tricord and they distorted it. No. And they went fast and it was Mr. Bungle. Oh. And then everybody copied them and couldn't do it because they weren't good enough. Here we go. Mr. Bungle. Uh, Mr. Bungle. I, uh, Jackie, did you know that the theme from Exorcist was a top 10 hit on the Billboard charts in the year 1974? No. It was the jam of the summer. And Sam, did you know the tubular bells, the theme from Exorcist, was a 45-minute-long song? No, it's not. It is. It's it's two. It takes up two sides of the disc. It's the entire album is tubular bells. Oh, that's right. It's Mike Oldfield, right? Mike Oldfield. Yes. Yeah, that is tubular bells. But there's like a whichever movement is the one that was the hit on the radio. Yeah, right, right, right. right. And that's the thing is that I don't think Mike old, he didn't do that for exorcist exorcist no. just took it. Yeah. Like, like all of the eeriness. I mean, it's in kind of an eerie song, but like, I think that I thought that was just Mike Oldfield making an album. He did. Yeah. It was, it's 45 minutes long. Anyways. Okay. Uh, but then we get followed music by something I didn't know existed. Sexy nightclub lady on top of a piano. Singing about fishing. <laughs> this confused me. And so I had uh, a real tough time picking between this and Night Beast for my pick. Because uh-huh. they're both on Netflix now. And I've had my finger on both of these for a while. And I was like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, which one? And so, like, you didn't even know which one I picked until the morning. And you were with me last week after the show when I was trying to actually pick the movie. And I've been suffering that long over the pick. So I watched the first 20 minutes of both of them. Okay. Which didn't make it any fucking easier. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you that right, right now. Right. Um, <laughs> so this fish thing has been in my head all week. Because I'm like, is that a song? But I didn't okay. care enough to like look it up. No, they made fishing. that song. Fishing. Fishing. I've got my tackle over here. Don't you like my tackle when I shake it in front of your face? Like, and then she has fuck? to hit the fishing tritone so that it goes with the cicadas. So she's like, 
fishing and then <laughs> just like hits this fucking stray note on purpose that makes sense it's plot relevant but you're like what the fuck so and this little kid but they made it for the movie yeah right? they did this little kid comes down in a mine cart because that's how they have to get to the dock they've got an actual functioning mine cart that you ride in uh maybe it's called a gondola i mean sir i don't know what those are it's called a, it's cart um, anyways, so he comes down, his grandpa's fishing, listening to Sexy Lady, and, uh, they, uh, they seem to be getting along, everything's going great, and then all of a sudden, loud noises when she hits that note, the cicadas crescendo, and grandpa's like, ah, 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 and then falls in the water, and it doesn't come back up, and young Peter so, stares into, after his grandpa. He kind of just wanders off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that too. <laughs> so it's at this point that I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Did this cicadas kill this man? And then I thought this movie had a hook in it. Like, years years like later. a Captain Hook. Years later, we hand. find out that this is the bloody hook murder. But did you guys see a hook anywhere? No, he just face planted and didn't get come up. It seemed like yeah, he was he just, like, I hate bugs and dove into the water he, to ease his pain. But like face first, like he like yeah. slaps wow. his face. It's like a face uh, flop into the water with pockets full of lead weights. Oh, I know what he was doing. Sam, you, you haven't seen this because you don't live out here. But if you've ever seen a cicada, you will know that they are the stupidest bugs that have ever lived. And they will purposely fly there, smash their faces into walls. They just constantly are killing themselves off it's, of our bricks. So when they come just, up. Yeah. When they come up, there's so many of them. They're fucking like it's turtles all the way down right they're just on top of each other yeah. it's fucking ridiculous and they, they bash their faces into stuff so he's like i must become like the cicada they're in my mind that's why he's smashing his face against the water yeah you live underground your entire life and then you come up for two days and you commit suicide against my house that's your life that's your life yeah uh 17 years later we got drunk driving <laughs> Everybody's yep. drinking and driving in the 80s. It was totally fucking... Okay, so... It's Wisconsin mm -hmm. in 1986. Yeah. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing that. It's trucking and fucking, basically. Yep. And they're all... Every single one of them are also driving Chevy Blazers. Every single person. The cops person. are driving drunk in the Great Lakes yeah. areas yeah. in this time. You turn 16 in Wisconsin, they hand you the keys to a Blazer and a 12-pack of Coors. I my I, my friend Mike's from Minnesota and he's an older guy and he would say and when he grew up in Minnesota, if you weren't drinking and you were doing less than a hundred, you were a fucking idiot and they were going to pull you over. Mm. So uh, I'm going to need to see your driver's license, your registration, and your proof of drinking. <laughs> yeah. No, they, I think they pull you over and then they just start pouring beer in your mouth. Like you, you're going to take it and you're going to like it, you son of a bitch. We're going to teach you how to drive proper. Officer Davis, will you go get the beer bong, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and stand on the hood of this guy's car and shove it down his throat. <laughs> yep. Uh, toss some empties in there, too, so the next time he just gets pulled over here, the cops will know he's good. <laughs> yeah, drop a shot of beam in there. Give him a, give him a boiler maker, huh? That'll, that'll set him up. That'll set him up. I like it. Uh, okay, so there, Peter is... 
the kid from the beginning, he has yeah. inherited this cabin where his grandfather became a cicada. And uh, he's there. Him and his pals from college are going up to the cabin for the week or weekend or whatever. How long? So he's finally inherited it. He's mm-hmm. 21. He has finally come into his inheritance from his grandpa. Mm-hmm. And as part of his inheritance is this cabin. Right. That a- he's got a fucking sweet blazer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this kid. He's, he's a shithead. Oh, he's Peter a shithead, so and he's got money, and he is an ungrateful little fucker. Peter might be one of our worst in all of our movies. Yeah. He's really he's a bad. stupid shithead. Elsewhere, there's a motorhome. They pull into the Harbinger's uh, bait shop, uh, which I guess he can't be the Harbinger, but he does do the Harbinger thing like, oh, yeah, don't go down that road. There's a lot of history on that road. Uh, sure, whatever, crazy old person. We're going to do whatever we want. Yeah, well, don't shit in the lake because the lake won't take it. Uh, yeah. And then I like the dad. He's like, he gets all pissed off because he's like, I have to stop and ask for direction because there's no goddamn good signs around here. Yeah. What do you do with all your tax money? <laughs> I was just like, wow. I've I've never this is the first time I've ever seen this ever. I've made signs for 20 fucking years and finally somebody asked for a sign. Finally. There should be more signs in movies. That's that's what Sam always says. Yeah, no. There's there's a fucking shitload of signs in movies. Um I also like so I wrote down my favorite quotes and we missed one already, but uh Rodney, mm-hmm. who's the the fishing lure earring guy. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Who's awesome. Yeah. He says, hippie music makes him feel like chowder. (laughs) What does that mean? Um, Okay, so at the bait shop, the kid, who I also think is great. If I had two characters that I'd like to see a buddy pick, it would be Rodney and this kid, because he's hilarious. Uh, he gets a free stud finder, which I didn't know that these were a thing before they had the electronic stud finders. It was basically just a magnet and you wouldn't search out. Look for the, the stud. You're looking for the nails. Yeah, you're looking for the nails. And it's just a little magnet. It says kind of cool. I have never used one magnet or the radio ones or whatever. You just knock on the wall. It's pretty fucking easy. Well, I, I, I can't. I literally can't use the electric one because every time I hold one, it just starts going off. Oh, my God. Because you're such a stud. Because it's a stud finder. If I put it in front of my pants, the electronics just start smoking. (laughs) Found one. It actually, it it makes like a weird sound when it dies electronically. It's like, you joiner. It's a fire hazard. I they kicked me out of Home Depot. Yeah. I walked down the wrong aisle. <laughs> Fucking whole thing almost went up in flames. Eardrums bursting from all the huge wainer yelling of the machines. <laughs> all right, so they get to the giant musky. Uh, into the group, the kids, they get to this giant muskie. There's a fishing festival going on this Dude, whole week. It's just awesome. It's so awesome. Like, everything happening is awesome in this scene because I'm like, 
whoa, real giant fish. And then Midwesterners just being Midwesterners. And Danny motherfucking Dobbins. Danny Dobbins. Danny Dobbins is the fucking cheating fisherman. I that know. Yeah. When they freaking walk in there, you're like, what a fucking dickhead. You are beautiful. He is so glorious. He, he's, I don't, it seems like he's in charge of the fishing games, which the only fishing games are try to chuck your line, your bait into a floating life preserver. Like it's, it's a casting, casting like, accuracy thing. Yeah. And he does it. And uh, his uh, Finner, one of the group Finnegan, of kids, yeah. he comes up and he's like, oh, yeah. And he pulls out his like assembles, you know, like in the scenes with like Leon, the professional, where he's got the little gun case and it takes him forever to put the silencer on and put all the kit on so he can shoot the president or whatever. Uh, that's what he does here. But then yeah. he's got a handle on the ass end of it that has tassels coming out of it. And yeah. the one rule in fishing, apparently, is there's no tassels in fishing. <laughs> well, no, there wasn't. That's not a rule until he beats him, right? He's like, oh, why don't you get your purse out? Yeah, God, jackass. And then he does better, and he's like, there's no tassels in fishing. No tassels in fishing, you cheating son of a bitch. Tassels? <laughs> So what did, he pulled this? Is this the prop <laughs> off of a little girl's bicycle? <laughs> it is. A, it's just the handle off a little b- girl's bicycle. And I think the funniest thing about it is, I was thinking about it. And if that was a long enough rod, really, all you're doing is giving yourself another six inches of oomph to really get them whirled out there. It's actually not a bad idea. Tassels? No, the bicycle handle. Oh, okay. Just extending the handle. I actually have a rod that has like stupid amounts of. Like my my hands are almost three feet apart when I cast. You gotta it's that much leverage. You gotta have it's a, a surf caster. You gotta make beep 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 sounds when you cast so you don't back into something. No, the fishing pole says, Goodbye, you tweener man <laughs> as the bait goes out. <laughs> okay. All right, and they meet uh, Bev D, who's the uh town floozy. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. She is. Uh, There's no kind. Either way, she's she's hot enough for the job. Yeah. I was very Im- impressed with her for the movie. Like, I'm like, man, we're I gotta find out what all these hot actresses are in. They're not in any, these are just some hot ladies from town. From fucking Minnesota. Yeah. She's incredibly hot. Yeah, she's uh she's got a little Michelle Bauer. Not not the case. She's got a little Michelle Bauer going. Face, yeah. Um, all right, so they meet her. Uh, she likes Finner's pole, uh, and uh, they're like, "That's that's nice. We'll see you later." Uh, then the, the uh, Durst comes running out of nowhere and says, "Turn off that damn sound machine!" And then, Wayne Durst, yeah, because Be- there's two. Bev is like. It's okay. It's okay. It takes him away. And it's like, is he the town loony or what the hell's this guy's deal? But uh, see him. Um, they uh, the group they go up to the top of the muskie because it's like Pee Wee's thing. You can go up, sit in its mouth, and look around. And Durst is down on the ground, being like leering at the creepily. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to the cabin. Then we see his, what's his son's name? Elliot? Evelyn. Ev- Evelyn. Evelyn. Okay. Huh. Um, yeah. 
He's he's a conspiracy theorist whack job with who pretends he loves guns and knows everything about guns and wants to shoot all the people and uh yeah. He saw some shit in the war. He didn't go to the war. Uh the water's making the frogs gay or Toothpaste is. I'm not sure. He's definitely. But he's not even any of those things. He's just an optimist of those things. An optimist of Alex Jones. Yeah. Like he's not a real conspiracy theorist or a domestic terrorist. He's just he's an optimist of that sort of lifestyle. He can't actually do any of it. He just kind of thinks he wants to, but then doesn't really want to get his toes wet. Everything's actually too scary for this man. Okay. Um. But I guess he's just been hanging out on the property this whole time while Grandpa's been dead, waiting for somebody to come in and move into this cabin. And his dad, the creepy guy from the festival, is the groundskeeper or the caretaker of the house, the yeah. cabin, whatever. And he's like, uh, well, screw you guys. You, you're nothing like your grandfather. I quit. Okay, I didn't even know you worked here. Because we saw you earlier in town. You told us to shut off that music and... But there you are. And who can blame him, really? What? T- for quitting? No. For telling them to shut that shit off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, they, he gets more miffed that Rodney freelances chopping some wood poorly. Mm, yeah, right. And then right. everybody else gets pissed off, too. Peter's like, you can't do that up here. If you're going to chop wood, you better not fuck it up. Yeah, you better be cool about it. You better look really Which, tough and chop stuff perfectly. If bad wood chopping... Mm-hmm is actually the worst Great Lakes etiquette than I want to move to Wisconsin more. <laughs> I'm really good at chopping wood. <laughs> okay, so the, the team goes inside, and the first thing they do is they find the sexy fishing record. Go and fishing, and then Peter hears it, and it takes him back to that tragic day. Oh, Grandpa, Grandpa. And this is, like, let's just get Peter out of the way. This is his M.O. Peter has no direction in life. He thinks he's a fucking musical savant, but really he's about as good as Ross at making music. Ross is actually way better at making music. Ross is is way better. Yeah, uh, but that's his shtick is, and he doesn't. He won't commit to anything. Like he's could go to music school, and but he's like, oh, y'all, everybody wants me to do stuff. But he's not even poopy about being like, oh, gall. He's just like <coughs> mopey, or is mopey too much? He's just lazy, and he's fairly well off, so. He likes to hang out with people, kind of, but if they make him do anything, he's going to be a total douchebag about he's it. He's going to get all emo about it. Like, he doesn't, like, say anything. Like, oh, I'm not doing that. He's just, like, sad. Yeah. Like, he's like, you want to go get breakfast? Why do I have to go oh, get breakfast? I'm not asking you that. You, I'll fucking go get it. Are you hungry? You fucking dickhead. Always torture me with your questions. And, and his goat. His go-to thing is just to stare at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With his mouth open, because yeah. he's a fucking mouth breather on top of everything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I can't believe that you would ask me for breakfast. <sighs> God, the weight. I gotta the go crushing, lay down. The crushing weight that has been placed upon me. Ooh. No one understands my life, said Peter. Because you don't have one, Peter. There's nothing... Of quality 
about you and your life. Yeah. You are also Evelyn has become part of the gang now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Possibly because he has nowhere else to go or I'm not sure. He's just like, well, I was already here. I was here first. We're yeah. friends Squat- now. Squatters rights. I'm your bestie. That's how yeah. that works. <laughs> I got a room in the house. So they go out to dinner at the local fish restaurant. And there is also the RV family from earlier. And these people are kooky. This is where at first you're like, oh, RV family dickheads, whatever. This family comes into its own in this scene in major fucking ways. It is incredible. Mom appears to hate her family, but loves misquoting movies and uh, loons. loons. She's loon lover. She's a lover of loons. She's also a loon. <laughs> Do you know what a loon is, Jackie? It's a duck. I thought it's not a duck. It's like a duck, but it's a loon. Yeah, know. it's like a duck, but it's not a duck. It's got yeah. a black uh, head and neck. And they got sharper, but it's it's like yeah. almost a duck, mm-hmm. I guess. And but we didn't not he- quite. We didn't hear the loons in Wisconsin. That was one thing I had my ear peeled for the entire time because i watched this whole thing on cbs mornings that's where i'm at in life listeners yeah i'm old uh about the loons and about how like there's this thing in film or there's there's one loon lover out there lady and she was like president of the loon society and she continually is having to buy new tvs because she keeps throwing her remote through her tv because of the overuse of the loon as an atmospheric prop in cinema and it's not like you'll hear it in movies that take place in California oh. or France or wherever that there's no loons there. And she's like, ah, <laughs> she rage quits <laughs> the movie. So maybe that's the thing that's happening here with uh, Jim Allen is that he's like, there's actually not that many loons. So I'm just going to like pad this wall to wall carpet, pad this movie with loon sounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> Or they, I can't even do it. They make a weird... I don't know what the fuck they're... Yeah. They're, cool. they're cool. It's a cool sound, but overused in film for sure. Uh, and uh, so she's like, I hate you guys. I'm going to go to my sister's. You enjoy your family vacation without me, I guess. That's how RVing works. Uh, I'll take a cab. And they're like, dude, do you know where you are? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get it. He says, yeah, okay, you'll be there next week because the nearest cab's in fucking Green Bay, mom. The kid in this scene is great. Oh, he's awesome. And you're like, oh, he's stealing this family's show. But then his dad fucking tosses shade at the <laughs> kids that are, are protagonists for being drunk. And he kind of comes into his own, too. <laughs> yeah, so, right. But what's really key here for their family dichotomy is their mom's like, I guess I'll walk to my sister's house two towns away. And they're like, cool story. See you later. In the dark. Bye. Yep. Yep, yeah. and uh, the kid's like, way to go, Dad. She's really PO'd this time. I don't care. I came to fish. He, no, he said, I came to... He's like, eat your fish. Even though the beginning of the conversation starts with the daughter being like, I can't eat this. When I put it in my mouth, it makes me want to vomit. <laughs> and it ends with, shut up and eat the shit. <laughs> you better get used to it, because Daddy's bringing in a long haul this weekend, kids gonna be fish for months yep do you eat musky yeah 
Okay. You can eat anything. It's just about how you yeah, cut it, right? You can eat um, anything, but do you want and it? honestly, if you, you you can eat them whole with the skin, almost regardless of what they are, depending on how you cook it. Mm. Um, like a big Subway sandwich. <coughs> it's all about getting the bones not killing you. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. So mom's outside. She hears the loons, the cry of the loons, and she uses her loon call whatever i'm not gonna a train it. whistle yeah train choo-choo. and uh then she we see gets her hooked. she gets hooked but we see her reverse view from inside the restaurant because peter's watching her and what she's doing on the dock is just spinning in a circle oh. and then falls into the water <laughs> it's beautiful because i backed it up and watched it twice she does a perfect Pirouette into a complete freeze and falls sideways into the water because I watched it. I was like, that's terrible. I got to watch this again. And when I watched it again, I was like, that wasn't terrible. That was magnificent. (laughs) That was majestic. (laughs) Majestic. All of it was on purpose. Downy. Uh, And then Peter sees the whole thing and he's like, well, that's weird. (laughs) Doesn't say anything to anyone that this woman has just thrown herself into... the water and that she's not coming back up. I mean, he's obviously sitting there watching her. He's negligent is uh, a light accusation of this man by the end of the Mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like, he's like, I've seen weird stuff. Like what? My wife drowning? Like, would you be specific on the strange thing you just saw? Instead though, perhaps he was going to say something, but the husband of that woman's like, oh, don't listen to him. He's shit-faced. Yeah, right. And then he tries to talk again. He's like, no, your only problem is how much beer you got in your stomach. Watch out for this dickhead, honey. And he's right. <laughs> yeah, he's right. <laughs> All right. So the boys, the next day, they go fishing. And uh, Rodney doesn't want to go fishing. He thinks it's lame like chowder. But then he gets musky madness while he's down there. And he's obsessed with fishing now, even though he's like an alt dude. Um, now he's like, you're right. Fishing is awesome. He's everybody that's never gone fishing before mm-hmm. and is a you know quasi adult. We're like, I don't really like that. And then they see it. And they're like, well, I mean, it looks interesting. And then they do it once. And they're like, okay, this is kind of fun. You just throw this thing back. And the first time they catch a fish, they're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in life. <laughs> I have the fever. <laughs> Uh, so he uh finner catches a giant muskie he caught he caught a big one that uh the other guy was trying to get that had a little hair tie on yeah. we're not even going to get into that because we don't have time for everything i uh, have and- to do trivia on this one okay so that's a real muskie okay doesn't it look a little bit limp and pretty beat up it's yeah. not it's pretty dead looking it's you know what would you like to know why got hit yes. by a car they tried to make a muskie okay and they couldn't get anything convincing going. So they went to a taxidermist and he's like, I'm good enough that you can, I'll fix it no matter what you do with it. They would put it back on ice, but they used this muskie in shooting for three weeks. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God. <laughs> that thing had to, oh. Oh boy. God, I hope they shot that scene where he's carrying around on his like he's just got his half of his <laughs> arm up it and he's carrying it up to uh Bev's cottage. I hope that they did that one early because that's a lot of time with 
It doesn't seem like it because the gills have become detached. Yeah. You can barely hold it up. It's flopping. It looks rank in on screen. I'm like, <laughs> and when I read that, I was like, oh, God, how are they not vomiting? Dude, just don't do it anyways. Like, cut the fish from the scene. It's stupid. Um, so they're there and they see Bev D. She's running around doing her track stuff. And uh, they're She's like, oh, hey. She's obsessed with fitness. Yeah, there's Bev. Let's go talk to her. So they freaking yard sale the boat basically and then just jump off of it i'm assuming that they anchored the boat but i didn't see them do that otherwise that boat is floating away and you weren't ever getting it back yeah well it seemed like visibly it hit the ground it came aground pretty good and there was a log behind it so they just lucked out on that one <laughs> so they, um, they go to the, her house and yeah they bring the muskie along because they're like well we can't leave it in the boat somebody will steal it yeah, and they're right. Sure, but because for the sake of the we movie, failed to just put it. We put it nice. We failed to mention that this is Denny Dobbins' cheating fish. This is cheating fish. He's been raising this fish to be giant, mm-hmm. and he put a hair crunchy thing on it so he could find it. Mm-hmm. Like that would actually work, right, Denny. Right. You fucking ass! What God? There it is. Cheating. <laughs> I'm gonna load this fish into the lake and go catch it. That's how I'm going to win this tournament. And then somebody else catches it. So fucking strange. Yeah. So I kind of thought that the the fish was in the the horse trough thing with a couple yeah. of other fishes and he had weighed them and then that was the one that he needed to take with him. Mm-hmm. So he put a little clip on it so he would know which one he was supposed to take. It doesn't matter. But Maybe. Then, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's the move on. The old man comes around and he yeah, pushes the whole thing into the water. I said it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Um, wow, inside, thanks for completely dismissing me. Jackie, I said at the beginning of this segment, we're going to skip that because we don't have time. There is a clock ticking. Pay attention. Um, so inside with Bev D, uh, we find out that Finner's like there to bang her and she's on to Finner pretty good, but she's like, yeah. I'm married. Oh, and also I have a child. And Finner's like, great. Sucks. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) None of it matters. Because it's Bev. She's a floozy. Uh, So fish guy. uh, Sorry, not the fish guy. uh, They go for a run because that's her thing. And we cut to a shot of a dead brook trout that appears to have had a save the loons pin stabbed into its chest. <laughs> yeah. Somebody that really likes loons and hates brook trout. Was like spread the word, precious fish stab. <laughs> Plunk. <laughs> I like Ike pin incoming. <laughs> I'm a fish. <laughs> I don't vote. <laughs> Weird. It's a weird shot. I don't know why it exists. Um, the loons, there's a bunch of the loon stuff, and it's like, I guess maybe they're hitting that tricord, but, or the tritone, but I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it doesn't come, it doesn't circle back. <coughs> Meanwhile, Bev D is a terrible mother, and because she's not watching her kid at, throughout length of this entire movie, she is not watching her child. She kennels her toddler outside in the lake. By the, I mean, just like he's in the lake. No, that's in oh, a different. No, so scene. he's in the lake on his own. I'm just talking about when she's actually not within visual sight of him. Yeah, she lets him go drown whenever she, 
if she can see him, right? But if she's going to go jogging or bang a dude, uh-huh. she she kennels him outside. So if he poops, it's not in the house, I'm guessing. God damn it. Beth D is a real bad mother. She seems so nice in the movie. And when you think about it afterwards, like, what a crazy bitch. Yeah, she's awful. Like, the kid is going to die. That is... I care. I think it was a Jim Gaffigan joke. I'm not sure. And I don't like quoting Jim Gaffigan. But uh, it, the bit is that that's all children are trying to do. Your job is to keep them from killing themselves. That's yeah. all they try to do. And you are the one that is preventing death. You cannot ch- stick a toddler in a lake while you go do push-ups and expect the child to be like, well, I'll just sit here and be cool. No, it's going to yeah. die. It will die. Well, and the fact that it's directly in the sun, too, is I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. It's naked and it's in the sun. So kid is shrinking up pretty good. <laughs> it's like a wet rag. He's got a bowl of water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Bev. Um, sure enough, the kid's fucking hooked. Wait a minute. I mean, the kid is hooked in the leg, like the thigh screams, Mm -hmm. but the hook doesn't sink in and the kid gets away. Bev comes and grabs it. Why did the kid get hooked, knowing what we know about the murderer's motive? I don't think he's particular when he's in his madness. But there's there has to be the trigger and nothing triggered him. She's listening to music. Is she? she Working out on the beach. Well, also... We've got a multitude of red herrings as yeah, the uh, with that lure specifically. Yeah. This could just be some asshole accidental fucking hooking. Yeah, yeah. Don't stick your kid in the lake during a goddamn fishing be- tournament, Bev D. I I mean, I was really rough on her for kenneling the kid, but if you're gonna unkennel him, I mean, not now. Right now's not the time. <laughs> okay. Um. So Rodney. He's really into it, and he's he's uh, down trying to get fishing stuff from uh, uh, Lake La- Lakey, Lockey, uh, the fish bait guy, the harbinger from the beginning. Um, and he tells La- Lockey tells the story of the history of this town and the Von Cleeses and the Dursts, how they were best friends. And they would go fishing all the time with a loaded gun that had a lucky bullet in it. And they would shoot muskies in the head and then pull them in and then pull that bullet out, re-freaking-cap it and re-shell it and stick it back in the freaking rifle and shoot another one. And then one day while they were shooting, maybe they drank too much. I'm not real clear on how this part worked. But Durst shot Van Cleese in the ass. And uh, he's like, you're never pulling that bullet out of me, doctors. That's my friend's bullet. It belongs in me because I'm a tough guy. That's the point I'm trying to get to. Yeah, it's a really weird story. Huh. Like, really weird. That's an interesting story there, guy. <laughs> he even says yeah. that. Huh. That's different. Um, So he goes fishing solo because uh, Finner... He's a new dad now. Um, he's uh, instant family because he's, despite the fact that Bev D is married and has a child, uh, let's just go with the married thing. Uh, he's still all upon her. Like, mm-hmm. and she's cool with it. Um, so uh, 
Roddy, he makes his first mistake of the day by going swimming in his jeans. Yep, I always do my first mistake, <laughs> swimming in jeans. Jackie, have you ever sw- swam in jeans? No, but I've fallen into the water with my jeans on, and it is a terrible experience. Like all the way, like up above your waist, or just like your ankle? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. See, that's you're, you've got the experience. Yeah. I have, in my life, gone, well, I guess I'm just going in like this. It's the worst idea ever. It's such a bad idea. And if you choose to do it, it's worse than if it's happened accidentally. You're like, oh, my God, this is awful. But if you do it on purpose, you're like, I chose this. Why did I do that? I'm stupid. I have never worn leather pants. <coughs> I'm not I'm not qualified for leather pants. It's it's, uh, it's above my pay grade. But yeah. I would assuming swimming in leather pants counterintuitively would be better than swimming in jeans because swimming in jeans is such a horrible experience. I don't think leather can soak up that much water. Yeah, see? They might they might actually come off easier if if you It's It's like they soak up water, they become stiff in the water, and then when you get out of the water you're a lead weight. It's like there's nothing worse that you can do in swimming than do it in jeans. Yeah, yep. Uh so then he cranks the tunes after he gets back into the boat. And uh, the cicadas crescendo, oh no! And he's hooked, and he's pulled into the water. He's hooked in the nuts. In hilarious fashion. This is funny. (laughs) Bonks his head against the motor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And there's the one shot after he's bonks his head, and he's like holding on for dear life, where the lure gets yanked, and he's getting tiny tugged out of the boat by his nuts, and you're just like, oh, God, this is, (laughs) Wow. And that's probably the part that got cut. Like the best. Oh, part, maybe his maybe. nuts came off or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, we saw the X-rated version. I'm saying that might oh, yeah. have been a part that no one saw until uh, five years ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and that's because somebody at the uh, film rating place was like, "That's not funny. That happened to me." Back in '72, <clears throat> I was fishing off the coast of Florida when I worst part about it, it was my own hook. <laughs> yeah. I, I did it to myself. It's not funny. It's a common thing, okay? We shouldn't make fun of it. I was wearing that. jeans. <laughs> Thought I'd wash the blood off by just diving in. Mistake two. <laughs> uh, so the cops are on it. They're like, hey, we found this boat uh, immediately after the guy died. And Peter's like, hey, that's our boat. And look inside. There's blood and a bullet. I ate bullet. And gun bullets come from guns. Gun in guy's hand. There's a guy that's got a gun. Up in my cabin. He's my best friend now. And uh, you should arrest him. That's a stretch, Peter. But I guess you're a Von Cleese, so we've got to go on it. Yeah. So the cops, like, uh, I'll I'll handle this. Just you stay back, Peter. I don't know why he brought you. In fact, uh, well, he's teaching him a lesson. Yeah, I guess. He's teaching him to shut the fuck up and mind his own business. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He fucking bullhorns it. And he's like, fine, I'm expediting this process. Evelyn, give me that. It's a fucking wooden prop. Dick face. Stay out of police business and fuck off. You are not Nancy Drew. Right. Uh, But <laughs> so then, like, this goes on for a while. Like, it's the mayor of uh, Amity in Jaws. 
Like, oh, nobody's listening yeah. to me because there's a killer loose. And he's like, well, I got to go fill out these forms. Yeah, you're too busy filling out your forms, you form-filling form-filler, fucker. Yeah. Form, like, just goes on a tirade about, oh, that you can't help. That guy's never going to help you because he's busy filling out his forms. <laughs> yeah, he gets all pissed off about this. And at the same time, you got to go on the sheriff's side and be like, oh, missing person during the festival? He's probably over there or right. over there or over there and definitely fucking drunk. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> and Kirsten, she's like, ah, ah, she screams something completely unintelligible. Mm. This is great. It's so great. That this got left in because she doesn't know what she's supposed to. She fucks up, but she commits to it and she just goes, <laughs> and then leaves. And you're like, <laughs> I'm so glad you left that in. It works perfectly. <laughs> and so she goes down to the dock and uh, the whole time she's just t talking to herself completely like, hey, this is not supposed to happen to people like me. I don't deserve this. Like, lady, what are you talking about? And also you're by yourself. You're going to go down and suntan at a dock. Yeah, you got it pretty bad yeah. right now. So, um, we see Durst, he, speaking of red herring, he's out fishing with a giant red lure. That's the exact yeah. same red lure that we see people getting murdered. And she's out in the water. She floats away from the dock on a floaty. And she's way too fucking far away. Like, you should have opened an eye up every now and then. You can't do that. And there's a hook. The lure is floating around, coming at her. And it lands on her raft. And she then gets ran over. She might almost get hit by the boat. We find out later what happens, but it's not just really. like, what happened? Yeah, we do. We find out what happens oh, yeah. later. Not, I don't know. Anyways, uh, so yeah, Durst is a red herring. He, as my note is, he caught a red herring. Ha ha ha. I'm so clever. Um, and he's now the leader and friends. Oh, yeah. Like he's, he caught a big one and he's down in town with the kids who he was yelling at earlier. And they're all pals now. Like, yeah, high oh. five. You caught a giant fish. You rule. He's stressed out. He's been watching his best friend's cabin for 20 fucking years. <laughs> for this day to come, or that was yesterday, and the kid shows up and he's a fucking dickhead. So he's a little miffed, mm -hmm. but he's been trying to land this goddamn muskie for 15 years. And he gets it, and the weight is off his chest. So ah. he's fine now. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Everybody he's good. likes him now. All that's all is forgiven. We're sorry that you were a dick earlier, but now you're friends with us. Um, Vinner and Bev, are, they're out being terrible parents again. Uh, and they make out, but they don't bang because... She's not ready for that yet. She's still wearing a fucking no, wedding ring. She's she's now wearing a bathrobe. They they do a cutaway to a different scene and come back and she's wearing a bathrobe. They banged. But she yeah, says like I'm totally just not ready. It. I'm not ready for stuff right now. And he's like, oh well, I guess I'll go fishing then. Like, well, I think because he's like being clingy and like he's oh, being can clingy. I, can yeah. I make you breakfast? And um, oh, hey, okay. what are you and, doing later? And and you want to come over to meet my mom? He's gotcha. being that guy. Yeah. And, she's and she like, says, 
No. Get get the fuck out of here. Like, you should recognize a one-night stand when you see it, okay? Like, I am obviously put on clothes, and I am standing at the kitchen counter, which is your indication to get the fuck out. Jangling your it's, keys in front of you. For her, it's not even a one-night stand. It's a post-jog bang. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you're not very good at jogging, so if I bang the hell out of you, I'll at least get the rest of my exercise. It's like... Well, I really like you. Okay, come back at exactly midnight. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll be here at midnight. Okay, good. I love you. Not even that. Oh, 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 great. <laughs> good job. Midnight. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what she says. But he, yeah. <laughs> he's, oh. he's the type of guy that says, he's like, I love you. And waits awkwardly. <laughs> For no reply. <laughs> yep. Did you hear me? <laughs> okay. So, uh, Peter, he's bitching about the cicadas, and I'm like, I'm right there with you. That's the only thing you and I agree on, Peter. Uh, I hate cicadas. And then the Durst come in and just start spouting nonsense at each other. Conspiracy theories by the kid. And then dad's like, God damn it, you guys don't know how to do anything around here. And then they just both leave. Yeah, and the one, the uh, Evelyn's like, no, never sneak up on me. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, right. I walked in through a door and you were facing that door. Sneaky. <laughs> and then D Durst the senior comes in and he's like really all sad and like forlorn looking. And he's like, hey, what's shot? Your grandpa in the ass, and he wouldn't pull the bullet out. And instead of being mad at me, he gave me a job. And then he just walks off. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, I mean, he's, okay. he's saying sorry in his own way. Yeah, it's a weird way. he's got the fish thing off his chest. Now he's got the bullet thing off his chest. He's like, all right, you, you're a fucking douchebag, but I, I love your grandpa so much that I just... I'm going to fucking deal with you, okay? I'm going to fucking deal with you. And then moops off the screen, and they don't even reflect on it at all. Peter and no. his girlfriend, they are immediately talking about something else. Like, it is the strangest fucking series of conversations that happen right here in, like, five minutes, and it's glorious. I love it. Um. So then, meanwhile, the RV kid is down at the bait shop stealing change out of the cash register, we think, but we that's not think. what he takes. Yeah, he does take something else. Um, <clears throat> and he keeps, like, putting the stud finder on top of the head of Lukey, the fish Lud bait. Ludkey, the fish bait owner. Because uh, he's got, like, this bump and the magnets going towards it. Because mm -hmm. we find out that he was in Korea. He got shot in the lid. And uh, he's got metal up in his skull. The metal plate or something, or maybe the bullet. I don't know. But it's up there. Um, so uh, he's like, uh, don't you got a home to go to, kid? I'll give you a ride back to the RV in my boat. And because your dad's busy littering and getting stuck in the middle of the lake because he doesn't know how to turn on an engine. Uh, he's out there screaming and blowing an air horn. And being like, ah, screw this lake and screw all of you if you won't come help me. And Jackie made the good observation that there's a on switch that was in the off position every time he tries yeah. to turn the key. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Is that a I rental? also like this line too because uh, right before this, we also see that Bev is sleeping with conspiracy theory guy, and that mm-hmm. that's actually Evelyn. her husband. Yeah. Well, this Evelyn. is why she told him to come back exactly at midnight to witness break his heart in a way that she doesn't have to be completely involved. Right. Like yeah. she's good at what she does. Yeah, she's a in the banging respect. Parenting is not her bag. She's a cruel. Um, she's a cruel. Uh, yeah, she's cruel, but yeah. good at being cruel. Um, yeah. So Finnegan, as he's walking back, he sees the guy out in the boat and hears his air horn and stuff. And he's like, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'll shut you the fuck up for you or whatever he says. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Calls him a bat. Like, it's so good. It, it It's like, it should be garbage day line qual- plastered yeah. all over the internet. Finnegan going, you shut the fuck up, you bastard or i'll shut it up for you <laughs> it's just like yeah. what are you doing fitter god i know you got your heart stepped on but you're pissed off at some guy stuck out on the lake now like <laughs> hilarious meanwhile linda has taken her top off and given us a side boob i know her name's Anne. the but, side boob yeah. yeah but what really happens she's, she's here is that for the umpteenth time, she tries to bang her boyfriend, and he finally abides. Well, here's the thing. Jackie made a good observation. When she takes her shirt off, Peter looks quite vexed. Not, I shouldn't say vexed. He looks sad. Like, ah, uh, tits. I don't, I think he's doing a bad job acting, and she's doing a good job acting. And he's like, I know you don't want to do this. And she's like, the camera's on, stupid. Uh, I don't know. I'm not talking about the actor. I'm talking about <laughs> Peter. There's something going on that I think Jackie hit it on the head. Her gaydar went way off the charts for Peter. Oh, I think Peter's in the closet. That's what this whole thing has been about this whole time. Why he's so moopy and doesn't want to do anything because everybody's got these expectations for him and he can't live the life he wants to be because it's 1986. That could be. And he's like, ah, damn it, tits again. But even if he is gay, it doesn't excuse how much of a douchebag he is. He's still a total douche, but, you know. But it would explain a lot about Gay people are totally respectable. Like, be a respectable gay person, damn it. Yay, tits. Like, put on a good show at least. (laughs) I got my tits out. Pretend you like them. Otherwise, it hurts me. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? They're Sam? fun, even if it's not sexual. You're like, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> Motorboating. <laughs> the old juggle, like, whoa, I can do that. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> I mean, I'm gay as shit, but man, tits are fun. <laughs> Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> Seems like you. I I don't know. I, my brain doesn't work that way. If I was to do that with tits, it'd, it'd be there's only one direction this plane's going, lady. <laughs> it's not it's not the circus. It's, it's you feeling guilty and ashamed after in about ten minutes as I roll around on top of you and then make a really dumb face and then go into the bathroom and take a huge dump. Mm. That's what good sex does to me. Me up to shit. Kingpin, it's a reference. Jackie, uh, you look like you were going to say something before I railroaded that whole conversation. Nope, guess not. Nope, I, I can't think of it now. Way to go, Tits McGee. <laughs> well, no, okay, so 
I guess now I remember thanks to the word tip, like totally uh, brought me back. Uh, but it really does explain his actions later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or his inaction. You're right, right, right. So, uh, uh, so where are we at? Uh, Peter is sad. Oh, dad's still stuck out on the lake. And he, like, says, fine, I'll stay out here all night. And he opens up his shirt because that's what yeah. middle-aged men do in the middle of the night on a lake. And uh, he gets hooked in the chest or in the tummy. And it cuts his tummy up. And then he's pulled into the water. He's reeled in. Peter, he's now thinking that Finner is the killer because Finner's been a true. Because he's logic? not Nancy fucking Drew. That's why. Yeah, but what's his he's logic? an idiot. Like, oh, Finner knows about dead guys. I know about dead guys. Finner is the killer. He just leaps to any conclusion he can throughout this entire picture. Well, you got to talk me out of it. Uh, there's only one way to. We'll just go to Bev's. See if he's there. If they're in there making out and having a good time and he's looking at tits. I mean, not having a good time, but if he's doing whatever it is that he does, uh, then it's fine. But if she's not there, then he's the killer. Uh, so they go over there. And so she's- what she's really hoping for this visit is that mm-hmm. Peter's going to pick up some tips and tricks. Right. That's what, that's what Anne's <laughs> She's thinking. like, yeah. look, that is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Not your business yeah whatever the last night was um so she bev is done with durst jr and she's gonna go for a swim uh, because the baby's in the cage inside the house that bears can get into and uh then she's hooked and um she gets the hook off of her and but then she's bonked in the face by an oar yeah so she's down Goodbye, Bev. Uh, Peter and company, they show up. They find the clues, like part of her swimsuit, I think. And uh, what was the other thing they found? Something of Finner's. Oh, the tassel. The fishing tassel. The tassel, yeah. He had that yeah. there. Well, I'm not sure why. Uh, so they're like, oh, it's totally Finner. And they call the cops, and the cops are like, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Um, and Finner, he's like, oh, I'm sad. So I'm going to go on the lake. And I'm going to get drunk in front of the bait shop. This is a great Bob Marley musky song. Yeah. <laughs> Finner's great. Um, So he starts playing music, singing this Bob Marley fishing song. And mm-hmm. Lukey can't handle it. He's because he then after that, he turns on that shitty song that we've been hearing 50 times in this movie. That's like almost as it's- good as idiot control now. Yeah, it's and they actually said what it was earlier. It was, oh, did you guys hear the new? This is Red Echo live at Budokan. <laughs> well, that's my favorite album. Yeah, no kidding. You've heard it like sixty times in this. Oh yeah, burner. Um, so, uh, Luke, Lukey can't handle it, and we're it's revealed that he's been the murderer this whole time, and he goes all crazy, and he chucks the line, and he hooks his ear off. And, yeah, uh, this is then the greatest retaliation mm-hmm. and uh, escape plan ever is that he comes free. He loses an ear. Uh-huh. So he throws a beer at him mm-hmm. and then does the worst dive ever to drown himself. Right. He jumps like, off the boat. Turn the boat on and drive away. But then as soon as he's in the water, he turns around and tries to get back on the boat. 
Because he realizes how stupid his plan was. This was a bad idea. Why am I yeah. in the water? But he's then got also, jeans on. Yeah, no shit. Uh, <laughs> he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me some dignity. I got jeans on. Um, so he like gets pulled in with the boat by uh, Lukey and gets the hook. One of those giant fish meat hooks. No, that's not a fish meat hook. It's a hook for hooking the boat and bringing it in. But you can kill somebody with it. Yeah, well, well he's dead. And uh, he gets pulled inside. And uh, he, oh, he gets the the stringer shoved yeah, up through his mouth. When the makeup department starts lifting its uh, flexing its muscles, it's a pretty good you looking find head. Out that it's good. This is all good. And just the idea of it is good. Is like the, he's making a stringer uh-huh. of humans. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean the head looked just like the guy. I was really like, it's a pretty good looking head. Usually they look terrible, especially for two hundred thousand dollars. Apparently, the makeup guy got pulled over for speeding in the town mm-hmm. um, one night. And they saw the, these like weird body parts, and the priest's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And he's like, "I'm with the movie." These, and he showed them how the props work, and they are like, "Oh, all right. Well, you don't need a speeding ticket. Just you know, slow down." Okay. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, how many beers you got in there? Well, he had to be wasted. Oh, okay. It looks like I wouldn't you, let him off. You got about uh, twelve cans, twelve empties in there. Okay. Yeah. You go ahead with your severed heads. Have a good night, sir. Yeah. Did, did you start out with an eighteen pack? Yep. Well, you got to pay the tax man. Give us a couple of those. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently he's making burgers out of him as well because he puts his fingers in the meat Uh grinder. Sausage fingers, finger sausage. (laughs) I had to write that down because it was like, I was like, oh my God, sausage fingers, but now it's finger sausage. (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) It's amazing. (sighs) meanwhile kirsten has arrived out of nowhere and apparently she's just been (laughs) swimming in the lake for 12 hours i was it makes perfect sense actually some of the things that happen in here like oh that that checks out because she's just like hey god i swam i almost got hit by a boat and i like swam forever then i got fucking lost and then i found a boat and i came back i actually drove the boat around forever i didn't know where the fuck i was going and then i ended up back here i'm like oh my god what the fuck is going on and you're like oh good you're not dead. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and and this totally checks out. You're an idiot. And Peter looks in the boat and he finds an ear that yes, it is Fitter's ear. We saw him holding it. And he's like, oh, poor Fitter. Because yeah, you recognize that his ear. ear? <laughs> I know that ear anywhere. Oh, he's dead. That checks out with Jackie's gay business, though. That oh, he's yeah. smelling he's his ear, and he knows yeah. it. He wants to put it in his mouth. There's your chance, buddy. It's right he's there. nibbled that ear more than once. And then we go back to the fish shop, and we see Lukey uh, pulling in his stringer of catches. He's got all the dead people. And this is... Did you kind of pay it? I watched this one twice, too. Um, that Those aren't props. I think those are the actors with makeup. I think they're actors with makeup. And it's really well done. Yeah, it would be because there, there, there's a it's lot too of much torso. To yeah, it's too, there's a lot of torso, and like to have it float through the water, you got to have people do that. Yeah, it, it was. I was, I was very impressed by this. I thought they looked a little corny, but it's good. They, it was good corny though. It was good corny and intentional because the giant eyes and that, and mm-hmm. it was. 
Very well done, I thought. So, back at the cabin, Peter's just still laying around like, ugh. But as he's spitballing with his Nancy Drew shit, he does crack the crime open. He's like, music, sound, death notes, cicadas? It's that's why the murders are happening. And then uh, Evelyn completely fucking paid attention to half of it. And the kid walks in and he's like, it's the devil's trilogy. And he's like, it's a tritone, whatever. (laughs) And the kid actually solved it like two hours ago. Right, right. Yeah. Because he's got the bullet. He's got the bullet that was in the guy's ass that the only way it was coming out was if that guy was dead. And he is. Grandpa. And he hung on to that lucky bullet because that was their thing. Not their thing, but he liked the bullet. It's part of the story. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. He's got a plate in his head. He gets radio waves in it whenever he hears freaking tunes that have the tridotes. And it makes him go bonkers and wants to kill people. And the method of murder is fishing. Yeah. Because that's what he's good at, is fishing. He lures them to death. Yeah. Yep, it's the old baiting death. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Anne has gotten pass out drunk on a bottle of brandy, and she's just been laying on the floor for about four hours, and she just comes to when there's a bunch of people there. You know, it's really- And then rather than do anything useful, she's like, I'll just go down by the murder lane. We uh we really blew the intro to this the cold open uh because we didn't make any of those stupid jokes that this movie like delivers like wow this movie really reeled me in uh we mm. could have done that like we we could have gone like four or five rounds of just corny one lighters that are fishing related we how did we not do that yeah I other than reeled in I didn't have anything um. No, I'm well, out of ideas. Justin, <laughs> is because yeah. we we didn't have our floater set high enough. That's what stupid. The little red and white balls. The bobber that... set high enough. Yeah. Yeah. So the settings can... on the bobbers. Oh, I got one. Here on sinker madness. Oh, okay, there you go. Oh, oh boy, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> okay. <right>. Big <laughs> musky, more like big side boob. <laughs> Is that fishing? Can you fish for side boob? <laughs> All you the can, time. I, I'll be right back. All the time. Okay. Uh, yeah. So let's move on. Uh, Durst tells them, uh, Dear Senior comes in. He's like, oh, This conspiracy theory crap is, is cuckoo. That's the nicest man I've ever met in my entire life. Other than your grandpa, he was my best friend. And uh, uh, I'm just going to leave the same way I always leave after I speak. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Well, and- no, they were like, no, it's true. I've got Bev's wedding ring. We found it in the minnows. Yeah. With the minnows. And look, I've got your best friend's bullet. That no, we're not there yet. We're not butthole. there yet. So oh. they're going to they're gonna go after Lukey. And they go down to the bake shop, just the two of them. And uh, they leave the kids there with passed out drunk Lisa. Nice work there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I skipped ahead. So this is where Lisa's going to come yeah. to and decide to boombox the lake like yeah, a fucking she idiot. gets up. She goes down to the boombox. She doesn't know. She was passed out while they were talking about all this. They should have been like, left a note, like, whatever you do, don't turn on boombox. I, by the time she gets passed out drunk on Brandley, I'm pretty sure she knows the lake's the most dangerous place in town. Yeah. Yeah, don't go down to the lake. Okay, whatever. Um, and uh, the boys find a bunch of guts in the fridge. And they're yeah. like, oh, Jesus, look at all these guts. What is this? Never mind. Cleveland in 1992. Jesus, why do oh, I have to do it? Oh, damn it. No. I suck. I suck. I'm so bad. I had a better one where he's like, he picks it up and he puts down the guts. And he's like, oh, it's all over my hands. And then Evelyn goes, look with your eyes, not your hands, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they're all gross and gooey. And, oh, ew. <laughs> Yeah, and they find Bev's ring. Um, so Lukey, uh, he rows up to Lisa, and he hooks her hand, and she gets it off of her and runs away, but the cart isn't down, so she has to wait for the cart to come down, but how did you get down there if the cart isn't dead? There's no other way. The cart is the way. You went down there and- You could probably just hustle up the hill. I don't know, man. We, we don't see her come down. Uh, but, uh, I would assume she would have taken the cart. Everybody takes the cart. Anyways. Maybe she's just dumb enough that she like rode the cart down and then sent it back up. Right. Just in case somebody else needs it. No, that's not how that Cause works. Cause it takes so long. Yeah. So I guess he gets her. We don't really see. He throws a line and cuts away. Um, but Peter comes back. He can't find her because, but he finds the boom box. And he's like, my God, she's been taken. And she has been taken. She's tied up in the bait shop instead of dead. Because she's too annoying to kill. She hasn't <laughs> shut the fuck up. Ludkey's like, why do you, you don't just, he's, he's vexed by her because she's psychoanalyzing him. And he's like, I'm a, I don't know. What am I going to do? Okay. He just stuffs her in a fridge because he's tired of listening to her. <laughs> Oh, man. So the group finally <laughs> convinces Durr Sr. that it's Lukey uh, be- with the bullet that the kid finds and the ring. and all, It's finally in place. And he's like, okay, this is how we're going to get him. We're going to bait him out. And so uh, Peter's the bait. Sort of. Really, all he wants to do is he's, all you got to do is turn that on. He's going to go outside. I'm going to shoot him. Yeah, right. right. And uh, Peter... Can't bring himself to do that. What the hell, dude? You had one job. Reason. You had one fucking job, and you one... spent the entire night in the lake making a poopy moopy face. And then he boats back to his cabin, and it's like, I guess I'll bang Kirsten. No, no, no. But then you, he's you like, skip over. Lukey rides past him in the morning with like something that looks like it's in a tarp. And he thinks it's Anne, and he's like, you son of a bitch, I'll kill you! It's like, no, you won't! It's, no, The you sturgeon won't. is, or the the mackerel or whatever, um, it's wearing Karen's uh, kimono. Right, right. So... It's her bathrobe. Yeah, you're not going to do shit, bro. You sat in the lake all night long while men with guns are in the truck waiting on you and you couldn't do it. You couldn't hit play 
on your tape machine. I'm paralyzed. But I'll kill you. I don't think you're going to, you wanker. All right. So he goes back to he goes bed with Kirsten and he's like almost about to fondle her up and he's like, wait, no, I just want to be comforted because I'm not interested in your body. Uh and he gets up and he's like, Ugh! and uh I'm gonna go do something about all this, but he's not. Um Lukey, he didn't take uh Karen, nice uh Anne out her dead body. Uh it was a giant fish. He won the fishing tournament. Mm-hmm. 50 pounder. That's a big musky. Big musky. But uh, what's his name? D- Durst. He like runs up with a shotgun. He's like, I'm going to kill you, you son of a bitch. And the cops get him. And they stop him and they tell him, hey, just go home. Just go. You're being just crazy. Go. Just go home. Wayne, God damn it. I know it was a 46 pounder and it would have won every other year, but he got a 50. <laughs> just calm the fuck down. So now he goes and hangs out with Peter, who now wants revenge, and I'm going to beat him as an own game. Fishing. And Wayne kind of gets on board. He's like, all right. And he's like, teach me how to cast. And he goes, you've been doing it. You just need to do it like an adult man and not a 10-year-old. Oh, it's so hilarious because the the whole thing is like, you'll never beat him casting like that. that. He's the best at this. And, oh, uh, no, I've got to beat him this way. And then he's like, teach me. And so, he like, Wayne walks over there and, like, adjusts his back a little bit. And then now he's the perfect caster. <laughs> and then he goes, <laughs> that's it, son. Throw it harder, stupid. <laughs> yeah. You're all set. Now I can kill that guy because you <laughs> moved my back a little bit. Uh, okay. So he goes out to the bait shop and he cranks the tunes and uh, it pisses off Lukey and he comes outside and they they are both casting at each other. This is they, a Mexican cast off. It's an epic casting battle. <laughs> at each they other. have each other hooked and then he realizes his own stupidity because he's in a boat. Right. <laughs> and look, he's, he's on, on the dock. And even though they're both hooked, when they reel each other in, he's going to get reeled get into the dock. Right. Stupid man. Where he gets hit by an <laughs> oar or a fist and is knocked out and brought well, inside he, to be he killed. Passes out from blood loss or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. How you could, none of this checks out with the medical industry. Um, but uh, he brings Peter inside to gut him. And Peter wakes up, and he also brought the boombox. That was nice of him. And he blasts the tunes again. And Lukey's all, uh, and uh, pulls Anne out of the fridge because she's just she starts kicking in the fridge. fridge when yeah she starts kicking the fridge when she hears noise. I'm in here. Did you suffocate? No, I don't know how. There was bullet holes in the door. Oh, okay. From what? Anyways, from a gun. Yeah. Okay. Just some weekend fridge shooting. Yeah, I guess. Okay. It's not how you keep a fridge. It's not how you're going to keep your, your worms cold there, buddy. Shooting holes in your fridge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but he also knocks the boom box into the uh, horse trough. Because and- beyond being a douchebag, he's just horrendously incompetent yeah. in everything he does. Right. So Lukey's about to kill him, which I was like, come on, come on, come on. I hate this guy. And... The cops pull up and it drives 
uh, Loki into the woods. He runs into the woods going, ah, Later, the kids that are left, they drive by the town musky and shed a tear and go on back to their life of wherever it's, the hell they were. So there's Chicago. only three left. It's both girls and they've had quite a weekend and they turn to him and go, this is never going to happen again. You, you want to go for a three way? And he's like, um, no, thank you. No, I'm sad. I'm so sad. As Luki wanders the woods, screaming, pissed off at cicadas for the rest of his life. That's- and Wayne is employed by the sheriff to hunt down his friend. And he's like, I'll help you as best I can. Hunt down my friend that killed my other friend. <laughs> my son's a fucking idiot that couldn't stay married because he got married to this town trollop and he's the village idiot. And killed the mother God, of my I grandson. hate musky madness. Yeah, musky madness every goddamn year. Okay, that's your movie. Oh, also, it ties in that, like, there's this whole thing that the cicadas are also the cause. It can't just be loud tunes and the death note. Uh, it's It fires up the cicadas when they hear the death note. Well, the cicadas are the third tone, the missing tone of the tritone. Gotcha. Okay. So if they're in the ground, nothing is happening. It's just when they come out, all hell breaks loose, which I can attest to. Yeah. Questions, Jackie. No, I don't have any. Questions, me. Uh, do the citizens of this town, uh, it's filmed in, what was it, Hayward? Hayward, Wisconsin. Yeah, do the citizens of this particular town, Wisconsin, give a shit about all these people that just died, or do they just keep on going, doing their thing? Festival still goes on. We don't care about all that. Well, apparently this has happened three times before Mm -hmm. or twice before every 17 years. So I'm thinking they just keep on keeping on because they've already done that twice. Look, we don't give a shit about a bunch of Chicago people that came up here and like threw their trash out in our lake. We told them not to do that and they did it anyways. So, yeah, I'm just going to go down there and go fishing. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) It's not it's not like Amity, but uh, no. Okay, Sam, question. Is this the tightest ship you've ever seen for $200,000? Or least most impressive $200,000 production? How about that? Rephrase it. I mean, really hard to judge, but it's got to be up there. I mean, it really is. I can't. I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that comes close. I'm sure there are. Um, Hell Cubs to Frogtown cost how much? A lot. Remember, that was the one that uh, he was like, you don't want to let the Hollywood money people in because they're going to, I think it was over a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, over a million, but that's a tight ship. Uh, that's a tight ship. Yeah, 200000 is really lean, really fucking lean for what this movie does. I'm, I'm shocked by that, actually. Should be like, I would think two is my guess if I had gone into this $2 million. But uh, no, I was at least super like, impressed with it. 750,000 because it is completely independent, but a completely independent buddy project Mm -hmm. on $200,000 shot on 16 millimeter. Ah. Because you think like makeup, everything. You think Neil Brain movies cost about $200,000 and wow, wow, wow. I mean, the room cost over a million. 
Birdemic. Didn't the room cost like seven million or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he spent a lot of money. Uh, Birdemic costs two. I mean, this is this is tight shit. So yeah, these guys could have gone on and done a lot of shit, and they did. Just not what we would have expected with uh, an efficient thing like this. Yeah, if not for the MPAA, right? Right, right. Because that that set them back for a year. They went back to the TV station. Mm-hmm. By the time this thing's getting re-released, they're already having their little fun at the TV station. And then the next year, which would have been about when maybe they think about doing this again, they start doing MST3K, which is an extremely tight ship for a fucking UHF station. Yeah. yeah they, that might be the tightest fucking ship ever. You know, we are... <coughs> the MPAA was wrong here. And they did something terrible and immoral and wrong that screws over a lot of good directors every year. But thank God they did. Because <laughs> without it... These guys have been successful filmmakers. We probably wouldn't have gotten Mystery Science Theater 3000, and God knows where the world would be. Yeah, I don't know. World War Three would have broken out totally for sure by now if it hadn't been for MST3K. Like the MPAA saved the world. I would be a different person without that Completely show. Completely different person. We'd probably because that hit me when I was the clay that needed to be molded, right? I'm yeah. like 10 or 11 or something like that. I'm like 10 when that shit happened. We'd probably all listen to Nickelback and like oh, I don't know that would shit. Like, do we no, be totally different people be. with no taste in anything? No, I'd probably be like a physicist or something. <laughs> I would have gotten a useful job. Yeah, Mystery Science 3000 fucking dumbed you down a bit, huh? <laughs> it was one of the many things that made me get a fucking filmmaking degree which is not the thing you want to do (laughs) unless you're already rich or have access to a uhf channel uh final recommendations i'll start yeah it's a do for me i really liked it and it is a fantastic riffer the irony of the fact that it's a riffer made by somebody who would go on to riff professionally very does it doesn't escape me that irony but yeah it's fun i thoroughly enjoyed it jackie yeah i'm giving it a do as well i was entertained i laughed a lot um the one-liners in there were great i'm not square dancing with you people (laughs) Uh, (laughs) he's just like i don't know it just it was it was a good time and the dialogue is so bafflingly strange so weird. And it's it's a dialogue-heavy movie for a slasher. Yeah. It's, it's just a strange movie. and It stinks. I love it. Damn. Absolutely do. And I'm so glad that Vinegar Syndrome got a hold of the X-rated version and really remastered it. Yeah, totally. This is just great. I love it. God, if we'd seen the edited version, we might not be a do. It might, it'll probably still be a do, but yeah, yeah. it would be more confusing. Yeah. Because it, and then it would be, um, we might not have seen the nut hook. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing no nut hook. I'm guessing no, uh, head string. Putting him on the stringer. Yeah. You probably still get to see them on the stringer, right. but you don't get to see him string him up. Yeah. Uh, so. Two parts yeah, of the movie that great. were pivotal. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. Screw you, MPA, but also kind of thanks. Um, but don't do that again. Anyway, <coughs> next week we are off. Jackie will be traveling. Uh, and so we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, it will be Jackie's turn 
We'll have one more movie before Halloween, so hopefully she'll have a good one ready for you. Which I'm assuming she does not right now. Uh, no, okay. I do not have anything right now. I, yeah. You know what? I went back to being a piece of shit that doesn't like try to prep for anything, doesn't yep. read anything about the movie, doesn't understand who the cast members actually are, uh, just makes up names for people. I'm back to that. I mean, I, I really got to get back to my roots of being just a piece of shit on this podcast. There you go. All right, guys, have a great week. Get to the chopper. <laughs>